We're in First Timothy, down to chapter 5, verse 1. Do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as a father and to the younger men as brothers. Do not hastily or sharply rebuke an older man. This is talking about literally an older man, not in the Lord. He's simply old. If he's wrong or at fault, you speak at first in a general appealing tone. You're trying to show respect for his age. You younger men, middle-aged, treat as brothers, not resorting to sharpness or harshness unless there's defiance or stubbornness present that you can deal with people. You're dealing with those he's talked about who have sinned, done something that is notable that needs to be dealt with. So you're not to pacify or overlook these things. They have to be dealt with. So the purpose to instruct or lead a person in those cases is you want repentance from them, a change of attitude. If not found, then sharper harshness actions can be used. But again, you do not start off that way. The purpose in correction here is to keep the brother in the fellowship, not to drive him out, unless it's a gross sin and it's unrepentant. Gross sin and faults not corrected or repented of, then the person must be dealt with strictly. And back then, they were expelled or excommunicated if they were defiant, if they were living in gross sin and would not deal with it, they were not allowed in the fellowship, okay? Number two, the older women you treat as mothers and the young women, younger women as sisters in all purity. Old women and the younger, again, you correct with gentleness as you would your mother or sisters. Be careful to maintain purity and treatment as if they were your own mothers and sisters, so not becoming too familiar with them and dealing properly as you should as a, as a Christian. Number three, honor widows who are widows indeed. The word here, honor, is close. They could have put a help or sustain, because that's more what it's talking about. Those that are in destitute or in a helpless situation, and he's, he's talking about the aged here. Any widow, if she has children or grandchildren, he's talking to the Christian fellowship, not talking to the world, okay? He said, then take care of them and do not burden the church with them. Again, honor your mother and father and those widows, some widows, they're not choosing to live with their families. They have their own mind. They're not to be listened to. See, people sometimes are treated better, or they think, by other members of the church and they find fault, but often it's their busybodies and they have problems. So when you're destitute or you have family, you're not in a position to pick and choose the church and a fellowship back then decided how to handle you because you don't have many options if you're in that situation, okay? You know, we'll find here, too, there was mainly, he's talking of older widows who don't have 
husbands or family that have come in from the outside and got saved or been saved. And the church, the local church here, in this case, we'll see later, they had a list and they put these uh, women on it to take care of them. But they had certain qualifications. They didn't accept anybody. And we'll see Christians don't have to accept and help everybody who's living in sin, who's using people, whose lifestyle is questionable. We're not obligated to help those kind of people. We can do good unto all men, but we have no obligation. As now he's talking about the local gathering, trying to take care of its own people who have nobody and are not capable of taking care of themselves. So again, we're talking Christians here. Number four, if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must first learn to practice godliness in regard to their own family and make some return to their parents. The parents raise them and they help them in need. For this is acceptable in the sight of God. We'll see later Christians that have ungodly parents who are wicked and who live immoral lives, they have no obligation to people. They're of the world. So he's talking mainly about Christians here and the Christian family, not the outsiders and not how the world functions. You don't have to support your father or mother if they fall down drunks, if they're drug addicts, if they're prostitutes. You don't have no obligation to them. You've chosen to come out of that system, and you are not obligated to take care of those kind of people. So we have to use uh, practical common sense in these things, too. Okay. So the point is, they did take care of those who were really destitute, helpless, James said a pure religion that is undefiled before God is to visit widows and orphans in their affliction. It meant that no one else took care of them, and their affliction is they're destitute. They don't have a means to live or to provide for themselves. And Back in these societies, people could starve to death. There were no welfare systems and things, so... The Christians tried to take care of their own the best, but the majority of Christians were poor or barely making it, but they still uh, had obligations as far as the Lord was concerned. This was the duty of Christian love and God's judgment to the nations are going to be how they treated Christians. That's going to be the main separation between the goats and the sheep at the great judgment, okay? Now, five, now she who is a widow indeed, notice he uses this word, who has been left alone. She has no family. She lives with no one, has fixed her hope on God and continues in prayers and supplications day and night. So the church did not make it a special purpose to put women on this list who were frivolous, who were not sound, who will find the other quality. These were true Christian widows who sought the Lord and prayed. So they were qualifications. They didn't take in drunkards or prostitutes. Again, where there's no repentance, the church had no official obligation, but Christians can do good to all people and discern by the Lord's wisdom 
what they want to do or how they help some of these people. But he gives them a basics here of the widow, the godly widow, is basically what he's talking about here. So left alone, no supports. She hopes in Christ. She's given to prayer day and night. That means she's godly. She's not frivolous. She's not just a lip service kind of Christian. So uh, the local church made sure, and they examined and find out what she's in, what kind of situations he's in. Uh, they were not gullible just to take people's word, because you had a lot of freeloaders and bums and people looking for handouts, a lot of lazy people that didn't want to work, and they thought the Christians should take care of them. Well, Paul made it plain also to the, the men uh, who were doing this. He said, uh, if they don't work, they don't eat. You don't give them anything when they're capable. He wasn't talking about those who are incapable or in dire needs, not self-imposed needs. So verse 6, but she who gives herself to wanton pleasure is dead even while she lives. So this can refer to the old women too not uh, living the Christian life, but maybe trying to be a part of the local gatherings to look for handouts and freebies. And Well, the church didn't put up with that. It wasn't a welfare system for the world, okay? And we'll see another scripture later. We'll explain it more. So verse 6, so she who gives herself to worldly pleasures is dead even while she lives. Paul's saying they're not Christians, okay? No matter what they claim, okay? So she's living a worldly life of pleasures and self-indulgence. She's not to be taken care of by the church. Church is not to help her at all. You don't have to help these drug addicts and fall down drunks. You don't give them money to feed their habits. There are exceptions sometimes to help people, but the local church had no responsibility to the wicked, and to most of the worldly. They had to conform to the church's rules. This is the family of God. This is not the family of the devil. And so we had to deal with them differently, okay? So Paul says she's dead while she lives. She is not a true Christian if she professes, and she's dead in trespasses and sins. She's not living for the Lord. She's living for herself. And she wants a hand. She wants to live and be promiscuous and do all kinds of things, but she don't want to work. She's an older person. She wants to live off other people so she can do this. But these organizations that help the poor, they have to be careful. Most of them, many of them are con artists. And you just don't give money to everybody because they pretend they need it. You have a right to examine them and find out their lifestyle and what are they on. And under certain circumstances, you said, no, I can't help you. This money goes to those who are really in need. We're dealing now with the family of God here, okay? So she cannot use the time and supports from the church for selfish, sinful pleasures. They're not going to give her anything. She's a freeloader. And if she's destitute, she's put herself in that position. But as Paul said, she's dead. She's not a Christian. She's dead while she lives. And she's trying to use the local fellowship 
to be fed and helped while she lives her wicked lifestyle. So that is not going to happen. So no gross sinner has any claim on the Christian family or the church, okay? True Christians come first. The spiritual family of God in Christ takes precedent. Go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So the Christian, we can be kind at times, as God is, to evil and unthankful. We can help them at various times, but they have no claim, and the church's priority is not to deal with them. What is it? It is especially to the Christian, the true Christian that's in need or help, are the ones to be helped by the church. In the world we live in, people many times, they quote scriptures and Old Testaments, and to have excuses, they misread scripture, leaving inheritances and helping their children. This doesn't imply if they're wicked sinners, you're better off, you're a steward of God, your monies should go in the present and the future to what is godly, not supporting a bum, a son, or a, a drunkard. You have no obligation to him. Under the law, you had to leave certain percentages of your inheritance to your sons so they could inherit the land which the law, but that's under the law is not valid to us anymore. And to leave millions of dollars to a wicked son or daughter and claiming to be a devout Christian, you better examine yourself because God's going to hold these people accountable for stewardship. And if you misuse his money, you will be held accountable for the misuse of the stewardship you were given. So there's times and places the general rule does not apply. Adult children, that's what he's talking about. We have no obligation to them to take care of them unless, again, they're in need. And if they're living wicked lives, they should not be living with you. You have the right to put them out. We're not talking about teenagers and young children. We're talking about adults. So a lot of times parents feel they're obligated because their son or daughter's on drug. They're not. Once you've tried to help them and it don't work, you don't waste money and time on them until they repent, till they come around. Then you have the option of how you wish to help them. So we're talking about the local individual Christian family is what he's talking about. And remember, in these situations, most of these Christians were poor and at the most maybe a near middle class. And yet these things were required of them to still do things for people when they had the opportunity or had the finances to do this. So Christian families have no duty to grown children and relatives who are of the world and are not Christians. Christians, again, will be held accountable for how they are stewards of whatever the Lord gives them, okay? So you don't want to waste money and time on people who are not going to serve the Lord and they just want you to give them money or handouts. You have no obligation to do this. Seven, 
So teach these things as well, so that they may be above reproach. So the church is to the what? The local church was to teach. Uh, you don't take care of these widows that are not godly. Their problem is their problem. You're not obligated to take care of the world. You're obligated to take care of your own and the family of Christ in whichever order God sees the necessity if they're Christians. Otherwise, adult ones, uh, you're not to waste your money because it's the Lord's money on how you deal with these people, okay? So teach these things. People don't like to hear it. They teach these things so the local church leaders will be blameless before God. They know how to handle certain people, and the world cannot put a trip and say, well, you're supposed to help poor people. Well, the churches say, I don't have to help poor fornicators and drunkards, and I don't have to waste the money. Lord, that's your business. They're of the world. And so we know how to answer, and we don't come under a, a bad conscience because we're doing what we were told. So Paul is saying you don't receive these kind of women, widows he's talking about. You don't put them on the special list where they're taken care of by the local congregation. So all widows were not received, and all widows that claimed to be Christians were not received. Their lives were examined and checked out and see how their lifestyle is and whether they were faithful Christians or not. So Paul makes it very plain. For those who are dedicated to the Lord, we have more of an obligation to. Others, again, at any time, a Christian can do good to people as God does good sometimes to the evil and unthankful, but they're not to be consistently dealt with or have any claim on the body of Christ, okay? Verse 8, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and he's talking about the Christian family here, he's not talking about outsiders, okay? And especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever, okay? Providing for one's own, we're talking about young children and families, of the Christian life, not wicked family members, adults we're talking about. But if a person won't even help his own, uh, he has no business in church position, and he has no claim on the Christian community's help in matters if he's not taking care of things himself. So if he does, he has the rule over them. You do not help people on their terms. Many people want to be helped on their own terms. Many family members, older, even the fathers and mothers, they want to dictate how their grown children take care of them. Well, that's not permissible. If they're in destitute and need and cannot support themselves, they come under the authority of the head of the family. And if the father is destitute and not able to do this, he cannot take control. It's another adult's responsibility that has taken him in. Okay? So again, if you're a true Christian and you're not taking care of your children and your wife that is Christian, the heathen are better than you, you're going to be in trouble one day, okay? Verse 9, so a widow is to be put on the list only. Now he mentions this list here. The local churches, people 
trying to look for various scriptures, and you can't find um, that are clear cut. But one of the gifts of the church's administration and government, and each local church that's of the Lord can set up various rules and committees and do things differently, and the local congregation complies with this. So if they decide they want to take in orphans and have a special group, they can do this. And the local church there, according to the leaders and elders, that's a part of their responsibility. And some of them are not even hardly able to do much. They were very poor. So there's liberty to help and do various things. We're not fixed to certain things as the law fixed people under. We have more liberty to pick and choose and override certain rules and regulations. The higher law of love to Christ overrides the lower laws. So we can help people at various times when they deserve nothing. We can be kind to them, but not at the expense of Christians and family that need us. You don't take their food and give it to other people and let them go hungry. You are a hypocrite. You want to be seen to be generous when you can't even take care of your own family. So we got to use common sense. But this is, again, a part of a ministry, a gifts of helps, hospitality, administration. That's what all of these include. And they take various means and methods. They do things, and they have a right to do that. But they don't put their laws and rules on another local fellowship. They could do things differently. And so they have the freedom to deal in the communities and how they see fit under the various circumstances. So a widow is to be put on this list if she is 60 years older. So again, he cuts it down. If you're not 60, you're not to be put on this list. It doesn't even talk about if there are Christians or anything. It is expected that many of the women under that age would normally marry again or have grown sons or daughters. But it doesn't mean if they were put on this list, they could still be helped at various times and in various situations when they have problems or emergencies. Because James says pure religion before God is to visit widows and orphans in their affliction. So there it could mean Christian widows or pagan, if you're trying to help them. To visit them means you're going outside. It almost implies they're not part of the group, but they may be. So in general, he said, we help the widow and the orphans are destitute. They have no one to help them. So we can be kind to all and even people that sometimes use us, we give money to con artists and people on the street, and we don't know their lifestyle, and we assume some of them are drug addicts and drunkards, and they're going to use that money. But unless we know the facts, we help them anyway. If they're hungry, and of course, they'll lie, cheat, and steal. And often the Lord doesn't give us insight. He'll take care of that. You gave in the name of the Lord, so you have not wasted the Lord's money. He'll take care of it in his time. Nobody gets away with anything. So if people uh, try to con the Christian, his judgments could be greater when God does deal with him. But we give in the name of the Lord with the knowledge that we have. We don't always have to examine everything. 
we could just take the attitude, well, if the economy, even the Lord said at times, you could be good to the evil and the unthankful. So that's the Christian principle. You let God sort it out. He'll do it. Now, it's, it's different if you know the facts and you know what's going on. Then you can deal with it as the Lord tells you to. Okay? So she cannot be put on this list until she's 60 years old and having been the wife of one man, okay? She should be reported by the local church. They had the special groups in the church that took care of these things. And so he's careful in who is to be supported. So in basic implies not a person under 60, I'm sure they made exceptions when it was needed. They were not bound by a legalism. See, because the younger women usually could marry, or often they had relatives to some degree, even if they didn't live with them, or they could work and do certain things if they were able. So again, he's not fixing a law, a rule. He's given a general principle of how and these things should be done. And if you decide to do something else, you have to pray about it and get wisdom and come to a consensus on this. Okay, being the wife of one man, most of the scholars believe he was referring to having one husband at the time and not sleeping around and not running around with various men. You have to remember, in these pagan societies, some of these people came into the church to get help. And they would comply, but they hadn't changed. And they behaved themselves and not caused trouble. So they didn't throw them out, lest they did. But some of them, the younger widows, they go through two or three men or husbands. And so he's not talking about remarriage here or having more than one husband or anything like that. So he's looking at the character of the woman. And he's going to tell us what she's to be like And here we're talking about the ones that are 60 years and older, okay? So he's sort of making it plain here. Verse 10, she has a reputation for good works, and if she has brought up children, if she has shown hospitality to strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has assisted those in distress, and if she has devoted herself to every good work. He's talking about a serious, godly woman. Those are the ones who were put on the list, not everybody else. Individually, you could help a beggar. You could help anybody. But the church did not have that responsibility. But they did to take care of the really godly widows that had no one to take care of them. Okay. When it says she washed the feet of saints, this is probably referring to being a servant to others, taking care of the traveling ministers and elders. Sometimes they came and the families that could provided them a place to sleep and food. That was the basics. They weren't expected to be kept in hotels and you know back in these systems. Again, these people were poor, but they were willing to share what they had with these people who God felt should be helped. So you help them. They're the body of Christ. They're the ministers of the Lord. So she was that kind of woman. She took care of 
things that needed to be. She had wisdom, and she was not wasting time and money. They did not waste time and money on lazy gossipers and talebearers. And so he's showing you right here, he didn't expect anyone in general under 60 to be put on this list who was not a devout, godly woman. So he didn't say anybody or any Christian. Like I say, other members of the church could help other widows at various, but they were not deemed qualified. So it shows you the standard that Paul and the church expected of people because they were taking Christian money. They were taking the support of Christians and many people and Christians that were poor and middle class, they were given money out of their own needs to help these kind of people. So they wanted to make sure that they were helping the right people. That's what they were interested in. Verse 11, but refuse to put younger widows on the list. For when they feel sexual desires in disregard of Christ, they want to get married. Well, we'll explain this, what they're talking about. They're young, and they've been through a marriage, and most likely most of them will marry again or want to marry again, and that's fine, okay? The younger widows, while they refused this, they made vows to be on this special list. They made a pledge to serve the church in prayer and help while they were being supported by the church. They understood that they had duties also to the people who provided for them. Uh, They were to pray and they were to help do what they could do as a godly Christian woman. That was expected of them. They were not brought in so they could be lazy and do as they pleased, okay? So he's saying the younger widows were most likely to be stirred by their desires And then what would happen? It said they'd want to get married, and 12 makes it plain, thus incurring condemnation because they have set aside their previous pledge. Now, the condemnation means they've come into sin. It don't mean that they're damned. It means they broke their vows, and they should not have made those vows. A younger woman, they were warned, this is something we expect of you. You're an older woman. If you come into this group, you don't plan on getting married. Uh, You know the body of Christ is going to take care of you, and you have obligations. But then later, if you break your vow before the Lord, you're in trouble. And they set aside their vow, and the church had the right to put that on them. That's part of administrations and various gifts that they could require, well, if we're going to take care of you, my dear old lady, over 60, and you're godly, we want you to be committed to us, that you have a duty now as the Christian uh, older mature widow to pray for the church, to pray for individuals, and your past life being married is over. You're now married to the Lord, and you have your duties to him. So they understood that, or they were supposed to, And that's why I said most younger women should not be put in that situation because they have their natural desires. When women get past menopause in their 50s or 60s, a lot of these desires lessen, and so they could have an easier time bringing 
all of their desires under their control. That's uh, basically what he's talking about, okay? Number 13, at the same time, they also learn to be idle, okay? Not only do they break their vows, but sometimes while they're living, if they were to get on this list and be supported by the church, then they're going into a, a what? A idle lifestyle. They go around from house to house. They merely are idle and they gossip and they're busybodies talking about things not proper to mention. See, so they're not godly. They're not mature. They're not godly. They're selfish. They're not given to prayer and servitude of the body of Christ. They're looking, some of them, just to be fed and taken care of so they can live their promiscuous lives. Well, again, they have to be careful not to accept people like that. And many of them would claim to be Christians, and outwardly they would show, but they were hypocrites, okay? And they were not to be accepted. In general, that's why I said they're not to be acceptable, okay? So they get with their idleness and not praying and being committed to God's work as older women in the Lord, which was prayer and service. They did not like being fixed and going hours in one place. See, they were restless because they weren't committed to the Lord. They become gossipers and busybodies and speaking things about things that should not even be mentioned. Uh The word says, it's a shame to speak of those things done in secret. So these women would be tempted to share secrets that they know uh, what they came out of other members. They were busybodies and gossips and stirring up people's lust and telling things they should not mention. That is people's past and That was not their purpose. Their purpose was to serve the Lord and to pray and minister Him. But see, the only reason they would want to get in that was to be supported so they could live their own lifestyle. So that's why Paul gives this command here. They shouldn't be young because most of them will want to remarry. And Paul implied that if they were were young, okay? Verse 14, I want younger widows to get married, bear children, keep house, and give the enemy no occasion for reproach. So here is Paul, who people get down on and say, oh, he wanted everybody to be single like him. And he said that was my desire if they could live like me, but they can't. And he knew that. And Jesus said, some people gay can't be celebrants and stuff. They're not gifted. They don't have that calling. So it was not put on people. You know, like the Roman system made it mandatory. And that's why 60% of priests and bishops have had affairs and committed adultery. They were really not called to this. And they should have been allowed to marry. And it would have kept a lot of stuff in its place. Okay, but of course, not in the world we live in now. Everything's becoming darker and corrupt. Let's go ahead and take a break here.